Welcome to Sunflower Living, a podcast that believes that life is always worth living. I'm Abile. And I'm Linky. And welcome to our working philosophies on life and living with mental illness. Before we get started, we are not mental health professionals. All opinions expressed in this podcast are our own. So today we're diving into anxiety in action. And maybe, Avila, you can tell me, what does that mean for you? Okay, so just in a, for, for a general definition, then you can sort of say that anxiety is, you know, unease or nervousness usually attached to um, an event or an, like when you're anticipating something or that, that may bring you harm. But I think for me, anxiety would be anything that I think acts, that almost activates my panicked mind. Does that make sense? Do you know what I mean? Like just sort of like that, that aspect of myself where I'm fidgety, panicking, unnecessarily nervous, you know? Yes. And, and, and just, it, it's, and it always shows up in, in like, I know what the specifics of it are. So I know what, what will generally turn it on, if I can put it, that will turn on my anxious mind. But then what always sort of throws me at times is how to almost turn it off. Like, you know, when you're trying to turn, like, you know, when you've got like a stubborn tap and you've just really got to keep tightening and tightening and tightening, that's what turning it off feels like for me I feel like you know as you use that analogy for me Mm -hmm. that's what turning it on feels like (laughs) really like that tightening and tightening to the point where you know you're not sure if it's gonna hold um and a little shaky at the same time so you know um I think when I think of anxiety in action, I really think of the little everyday um, Mm -hmm. acts that people may see as, you know, may term differently, like procrastination, like, um, you know, the, the impatience that never really goes away and isn't really um, targeted at others, but at oneself. And so, those are the things for me where I'm just like, okay, this is this is definitely my anxiety. The OCD that comes in with things that really um, seem to others as completely ridiculous but are so important to me. And so just really being aware of that, being aware that yeah. this, this to someone else um, – may seem completely like may, may not make sense, but this is how I, what I need to do or what happens to me that triggers my anxiety or that is my anxiety playing out. Yeah, no, totally. I think when you, when you said that, I think about how, when I'm, when I'm like deeply anxious and it might just, one caveat I want to make is that sort of, it's never just in bursts. If anything, for me, it is always for prolonged periods of time. And there's, and then it sort of almost cuts out, you know, like going back to my tap analogy of it will be completely tight, but then it loosens and loosens and loosens and it comes back. So within that, I find that I become more agitated and more almost focused on the trivi- the trivialities that yes. normally wouldn't bother me, right? And then it, it it's almost as if, 
in an effort to control the anxiety, I then try and control what is around me. And that just never goes well. If anything, it makes it worse. <laughs> and then in hindsight, you're like, look at it, oh, I shouldn't do that because then it just makes it worse. But then you forget it when you are in the anxious moment, you know? I mean, to bring it home, for yeah. me, one instance is, oh, not one instance because it happens all the time, is just the process of making a phone call. I will yeah. obsess, overthink um, mm-hmm. anything that's got to do with making a telephone call. And then I'll dial the number and then still not call the person. And instead, I will, again, then overthink and obsess over a text and have I used the right words and will it be understood in the way that I'm trying to convey it? And honestly, that brings me so much panic. And then once I've I've pressed send, I still worry that if they don't respond, does that mean that I didn't say it correctly? Have I offended them? Even if I'm just asking a question, even if I'm saying something that's really mundane. And I think for Mm -hmm. me, I've had to take stock and say, does it really matter? And so what if that happens? Exactly. And that so exactly. what has brought me so much peace to be like, so what? Um, my intentions up here or, um, you know, the worst that can happen is that they say no. And so yeah. realizing that has helped me. But mm-hmm. previously, oh my goodness, um, it, it, it's really been a challenge. I mean, even like, the moment you said that, I was like, this is exactly what I'm a lot better with phone calls, especially like, like if I'm the one making the call, then I am a bit edgy, but I'm a lot better with it now because I know that like coming back to what you said about it does like, so what? Because it really is just an exchange of information. Yes. But what tends to panic me is that if I make plans with someone and we're sort of meeting in like a, a new unfamiliar territory, I freak out. I'm like looking at them. I'm looking at the three different directions in which I can now arrive at this one place to be like, OK, what how can I how can I come to this location in the least embarrassing way possible as if as if just the most the most random thing will happen to me on my way there and then I have to now explain myself as to why I look a mess and that almost never happens and the moment I you know meet up with my friend or even my relative then it's fine and then I look back and I'm like but why was I so panicked I mean and I think what anxiety what anxiety oftentimes again, in hindsight, when I think about it, what it robs us of is being present and observing, you know, the the little miracle, not even the little miracles, but sort of like just just the little beautiful things around us. And that's always unfortunate and almost makes me a bit angry in some ways. It's definitely, it's definitely something that, that robs us of, of life in some senses. Yeah. Uh, you know, you talk about meeting people for the longest time driving again was the same. It still is, but I've kind of found Mm -hmm. different pieces to help me cope with it better. So I've found some coping mechanisms. Um, I need to have music playing in the car. People generally need to be, if you're sitting in the front seat with me, you've got to be talking to me while I drive. And I know that these are sometimes impositions on other people, 
the driving just made mm-hmm. me so panicked and um i didn't understand why that anxiety was there i i i actually have um experience with a car accident but i wasn't the one driving yeah. so i know that there're remnants of that but mm-hmm. um but more than anything i mean even when i was what you'd call the seasoned driver i was still anxious i was still and not yeah. so much about crashing but just about being in the car just about yeah. the space that i couldn't control and i think that is a part of it is that anxiety yeah. is also um driven by the things we we can't control when i see absolutely um when i see my anxiety in action in different places i mentioned procrastination earlier and you know you and i have a phd mm-hmm. in procrastination really we need to know i mean i'm <laughs> i'm working towards my professorship in procrastination <laughs> <laughs> and you know it, it really it's terrible because it means it's for me it means that the things that i want to do that i am able to do take so much longer yeah. than they should because eventually exactly. i get to it eventually i start mm-hmm. eventually i make the progress and i get to the end but to start yeah. is such a struggle and i think that's where my anxiety is more around well if i start what if i do it wrong and and there's yeah. so many emotions that are wrapped around it there's so many emotions that have you know it has such a ripple effect and i think that it touches mm-hmm. so many parts of our lives that it is so important and i stress this again so important to be able to recognize the things that cause um or trigger the anxiety and to be able to find mm-hmm. mechanisms to cope to to be able to find ways in which to manage that are constructive you know i don't yeah. want us to go out Absolutely. and find coping mechanisms that make it worse no totally and i think if anything like when when you when you sort of talked about like you know um procrastination and sort of like how it is so difficult to start something something that i never actually expected especially as i've grown older i've always seen as anxiety as this kind of like this stark reminder that there's very little that i have control over which is such an uncomfortable thing to accept but at the same time i found that in delaying like for example you know with with essays or even just you know little assignments or little you know bits of work that i might pick up that that need me to sort of have it done within a certain amount of time that pressure or that that almost last minute doing of it is actually what pushes me to do it cor- not correctly but to do it to the best of my ability within the time that I have so i don't know if that's almost like a like an interesting duality in which like i don't like being anxious within certain situations but in others it's it's the best way for me to work if 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 you know if anything can be taken away from that so i don't know i suppose there is also a positive aspect to anxiety but like you say we all should i think take the time especially the sort of like more severe sufferers of it where it's almost debilitating to leave your home you know to sort of say that to to just say that okay I know this is what is going to trigger me and if I come across it this is what I will do to then remedy that. And it's okay to not always know what that looks like. 
I think. I totally understand what you're saying. Mm -hmm. I think there is... I think when we look at the definition of anxiety, mm-hmm. which is constant worry, um, yeah, coupled with almost exaggerated fear, and I, I you know, I, I'm yeah. gonna phrase it that way, is that there is a place for worry. When something is wrong, we yeah. should be worried. The challenge yeah. is when that worry comes with everything that you do in your life. When you then start to obsess over things, Mm -hmm. then that is crippling. That is when the anxiety is crippling. And I think that is the distinction we need to make because I think if you procrastinate once, that's different to being um, obsessively uh, procrastinating in terms of how it then affects your work, your progress, your life. And I think that's where, when we discuss anything that's got to do with mental illness, it's when the impact on your life becomes so detrimental that you're not really present, that you're not able to live a life that brings you happiness. And, and, and that's why anxiety is so difficult because I, I, I wish I had, I, I, you know, I wish I knew, like you said, how to turn it off. Because even recognizing it yeah. sometimes doesn't help you to turn it off. And so, you know, we, we have no, to totally. work on especially... management tools. We have to work on management tools. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Completely. Especially with things like, like nighttime anxiety. There'll just be moments in the middle of the night where I wake up and I don't know why I am awake. But I have this flurry of worry and unease in my chest and I can't tell you what that is it just sort of comes and goes but I think you know in in sort of allowing it to be what it is and wading through it it's almost as if I'm able to live with my anxiety without letting it then influence my life in in totality do you know what I mean because I think you know hence the motto of the show you know we believe that life is always worth living and I think you know, with something like anxiety, despite it being then, despite it being sort of like this fierce, almost growling figure at the back of your mind, it is possible to live despite it. You can't procrastinate on your life, or you can, but remember that there is always the the possibility of coming out of it, if I can yes. put it that way. Mm. Yes, I think that's really valid. Yeah. You know, I... I wish, like, for myself, I wish there mm-hmm. were things I knew um, earlier that yeah. now I know. Similar to the so what. <laughs> That's been a yeah. big game changer. <laughs> exactly. Like, and then, and but like really owning that so what as well. Because it's easy to say it, but owning it is a completely different ball game. I think. Yes. Yes. Mm. And then also for me, um, being able to say, well, start, what's the worst that could happen, you know, and starting has helped me to make steps, you know, to make, uh, subsequent steps, because I think the starting becomes such a mountain. And I think someone pointed out to me, and I think this was really a moment of, 
of real um, clarity for me was, are you a zero mm-hmm. sum person? Is it all or nothing? Yeah. And I felt like, yeah. oh, it's not so much that it's all or nothing. It's just that when I think about things, they're not just small tasks. They become mountains. And then yeah, that's exactly. where that all or nothing comes in. And for the longest time, I was like, no, I'm not an all or nothing person. And then I got, yeah. and then I thought about it a little more. And I thought about it a little more. And I started to observe some of my my habits. And I thought, yes. This is something that really triggers my anxiety. Um, When I think about, oh, okay, well, why don't we, you know, why don't I clear my desk? When I start, I then think, no, well, these things should be filed alphabetically. That wasn't the task. The task that I was setting out to do was to clear the desk. I could have put the papers together, put them very nicely in a drawer, and that would have been fine. But instead, I make a mountain out of the task, and that then sparks anxiety because I feel like, well, I'm never going to be done. This is going to take hours and hours. And that kind of continues, and that spirals out of control. And that is, that's the part of anxiety that I wish I could really turn off, where I'm like, oh, wait, this is happening. Let's just stop. Whereas in actual fact, my mind takes me to those places and and that's what I feel. Um, that's what I feel needs to be managed better. That for me personally needs yeah, to but, be managed better. Yeah, it's like sort of learning to reduce the mountain that you've made to the molehill that it actually is. Yes, yes, <laughs> perfect. That's exactly like, what that's, I'm saying. Yeah, that's exactly it. Thank you so much for listening. And a note, we are not mental health professionals. All opinions expressed in this podcast are our own. Thanks again for listening.